Hey, Eric, have you ever wanted to get revenge on someone? Sure did. Those people who canceled Madam's Place, I'm after them. (laughs) Oh, my God, your 40-year mission. (laughs) You know who's great at revenge? Women in TV movies. Ah, yes. If there's anything people know about television, it's that hell hath no fury like a woman in a TV movie. You ready to find someone's ex-husband and burn their house down? Ooh, how about we just spray paint graffiti all over his home office? Let's begin. Welcome to this episode of the Pop Trash Podcast. I'm Eric Griggs. And I'm Mike Jones. Each episode, we take a pop topic and trash talk it, but with love, of course. Ooh, and love. All right, bear with me on this. As long as we got each other, we got the world spinning right in our hands. Baby, rain or shine, all the time. We got each other sharing the laughter and love of pop culture. Oh, I can see why you picked that lyric, even though it gave me groan pains. (laughs) (laughs) Please. But yes, I felt like I had to go with growing pains because today we'll be talking about some TV movies that star some growing pains cast members. That's it, Mike. Act like the insensitive lout that you are. Since the dawn of TV movies, I feel like networks have just loved making ones about scorned or dangerous or vengeful women. The whole entire premise of most of these is let's put a quote unquote crazy woman at the center of the story. And I think there's just like a different taste for that now in probably a good way. It's the juicy roles that women on TV wanted. Many of them were playing the nice person on their sitcom yes. or mom or whatever yes. and so this is a chance for them to play against type and it's like oh cheryl lad went off the rails what happened yeah all these people who like are moms on their sitcoms or you know like wholesome characters get to do something a little devious so we've picked three movies today that fit the vengeful dangerous or mysterious woman shtick and i have to admit i Freaking loved all three of these. <laughs> and I think they could possibly be some of the campiest TV movies to have ever camped. Oh, indeed they are. We've got the infamous Betty Broderick story. Oh, yes. And we've got a mom who will go to any length to destroy the man her daughter has fallen in love with. <laughs> of course. And why not a con artist who assumes the identity of her dead victims? Oh, what a thrill ride. I think it's onwards to movie number one. So the first TV movie that we're going to talk about is 1992's A Woman Scorned, the Betty Broderick story. Mike, can you give us a quick synopsis of what this movie is about? Betty Broderick in the late 80s became infamous for killing her ex-husband and her ex-husband's second wife. The whole entire TV movie here is Betty watching her marriage unravel, and Betty just doesn't take it well at all. Her entire focus in life becomes, how can I make my ex-husband's life pure hell? This one is up there largely because of the performance of the main character, Betty Broderick herself, Meredith Baxter. So everybody knows her from Family Ties, but here 
it goes from zero to 200 very quickly. <laughs> Give her a baseball bat and there is nothing in her ex-husband's house she won't beat the shit out of. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Dan, I know you're in there. Come, you can't lay this divorce on me and then ignore me. Come on out and face me like a man or... It sounds like the worst episode of Divorce Court ever. Or the best, depending on what <laughs> you're true. doing. true. Very for. true. <laughs> definitely made me feel better about my family life growing up. That <laughs> My parents, <laughs> neither of them ever drove a truck through the front door. <laughs> what the hell was that? Dad, it's mom. Because in the beginning, they they have some other wives in suburbia. Their, their husbands are leaving them. You know, they're hitting their midlife crises. There's a, a part of this that, yes, she's clearly unhinged. But do you think that she's sympathetic? Sure. I think that's part of the magic of this story, which is that like anybody who has felt maybe like a spark either leave or become more dim, I think is going to resonate with some aspects of this story for sure. Yeah, for 100% sure. I think she's a sympathetic character. But... That's not to say that like what she does is excused. It's absolutely not. And and this TV movie makes it a point to just show her going over the top one scene after the next. She continually leaves these unhinged voicemails on his <laughs> answering machine and her son is listening and she's like screaming into it like, you can't ignore me, you son of a bitch. And he picks up the phone and is like, mommy, why are you saying such terrible things? And she has to be like... Oh, hi. <laughs> so Meredith Baxter got an Emmy nomination for this role. Who was she up against? And do you think do you think it was deserved? Uh, well, it's hard to say, but I mean, she was up against four Hollywood royalty names. Are you ready? Mm hmm. Uh, let's start with Anne Bancroft. <laughs> wow. Mm. Uh, how about Laura Dern? Okay. Judy Davis. And then the person who actually won. Okay. Jenna Rollins. Really? What did I she win for? She won for a TV movie called Face of a Stranger. Mm, I'll have to look into that one. <laughs> <laughs> you would, I think you would love this movie. An insecure widow, Jenna Rollins, finds strength and direction with a homeless woman played by Tyne Daly. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, shut it down. Shut it down. We're going to watch that and we'll You're be like, back. Meredith Baxter didn't do anything to deserve that Emmy. <laughs> no. <that long. laughs> well, clearly we know why she lost now. <laughs> The end title card says she had a 32-year sentence and she's eligible for parole in 2010. And I was like, <laughs> oh, did she get out? And then I looked it up and no, she's still in prison because I guess she doesn't she, she doesn't evince any remorse. She thinks that she was justified in killing her husband and his new wife. She'll be up for parole again soon, I think, or with, it's at some point soon, I think. So the Betty Broderick story is gaining some steam again, not because she's up for parole. That might be part of it. But wasn't this in a new TV show? Yeah. So in 2020, the Dirty John franchise, which is kind of like that USA Network, I believe it's USA Network. They basically are doing these sort of like crimes inspired by love or something like that <laughs> and, and essentially they did a reboot of not necessarily this tv movie but a retelling of the betty broderick story that starred amanda peet as betty broderick oh. and christian slater as the the husband who gets betty's wrath 
So I want to take us to the second movie now, which I think has one of the best titles in TV movie history, Mother Knows Best. Well, this 1997 TV movie has Joanna Kearns as the mother in question. She uh, places a personal ad in the paper on behalf of her daughter and someone answers that ad, but little does the mother know he's a lowly auto mechanic. Not good enough. <gasps> a mechanic. Oh. I know. I know. <laughs> but mechanics make a lot of money. I think that's the I know. I was like... <laughs> no, no, no. No grease under the fingernails for her daughter. Joanna Kearns, I think, is delivering a master class in camp. Like your complete character of a fairly wealthy uh rich maniac celeste uh is so just disgusted that her daughter's with this mechanic she hires a hitman to to you know basically murder the husband the the mechanic who becomes the her daughter's husband and uh when the hitman basically asks her how how she's doing she goes well everyone's happy except the one in the morgue (laughs) (laughs) you know much like betty broderick this is also based on a true story there was a woman in boca raton florida named lee goldsmith she really exists there's a real person out there that this movie is based on um she ended up going to prison um and spent a few years before being released on probation, but she never spoke to her daughter again. Joanna Kearns just knows what she's doing here. She knows this is not like she's not getting an Emmy mm-hmm. for this. Oh, yeah. She does an excellent job. Yeah. She is restrained in a way that Meredith Baxter's character, whether it was written this way or not, just the performance, like she's the conniving uh, high class lady and she's doing all the dirty work behind the scenes to kind of gaslight people and to maneuver and manipulate um, in a way that... Um, Betty Broderick was not. Hands down, this is wonderful acting. She knows what movie she's in and she delivers beautifully. So this aired, you said in 1997, it was April 13th, 1997 on ABC. It was a Saturday. It was up against the X-Files and early edition. Saturday isn't, you know, Saturday in the 1990, late 1990s, you know, wasn't exactly where you put the things you you want to be ratings powerhouses mm. so this wasn't anything that like millions and millions and millions of people watched and i think uh just wasn't as appreciated back then as it has gotten over the years it has now become essentially like a cult tv movie classic and i noticed in the credits it's from hallmark entertainment so before hallmark made all those romance movies they were making scorned women psycho mom movies oh yeah well this was part of that era where you know in each of their stores they had that section for you know mothers who wish death to their daughter's husbands (laughs) yes very hallmark (laughs) (laughs) it was right next to the beanie baby displays (laughs) there's a twist um that that i did not see coming did you uh, only because once I learned this was made for like based on real events, I went to see what the real event was mm-hmm. and was like, oh, but yes, there is a twist you probably will not see coming and it is well worth. I thought the payoff was actually pretty good. Also, I watched this on Tubi, which thank God to Tubi. Again, we're not sponsored by Tubi, but we wouldn't mind to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, anyone at Tubi. The quality is wonderful. Definitely pull it up. 
Well, from one growing pains actor to another, let's jump over to our third and final movie for the day. Face of Evil. Ooh, Ooh, sounds exciting. I know. The Growing Pains connection here is Tracy Gold is the main character, and she plays a con artist named Darcy who has a bit of a murderous streak to her where she enters people's lives, takes something, steals something, maybe even murders someone, uh, and then takes over the identity of those victims and then just lives their lives until the next one comes along. She has a bit of a troubled past or a mysterious past. We don't really know her. And the whole TV movie starts with her about to marry someone. And right before the wedding, she steals his artwork, (laughs) (laughs) goes to the airport, murders someone in the airport, (laughs) stuffs their body in a suitcase. (laughs) somehow gets that suitcase past baggage check yeah takes their flight itinerary assumes their identity gets on a plane where she finds out that the person she murders about to start college in new hampshire flies to new hampshire and starts the college semester off as the person (laughs) she's murdered And then another example of how this just gets to be like so horror campy. There's a faculty advisor who Tracy Gold's character has to go meet with. And so in order to to get out of the whole meeting, she finds this faculty advisor's eye drops and replaces them with hydrosulfuric acid or some (laughs) insanely toxic chemical. It gets the red out. Ah! (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Or puts the red in. I forget which. (laughs) Ow! Yeah, it's a roller coaster ride right from the beginning. And Tracy Gold, I must say, she's supposed to be probably entering her 20s, but her crow's feet, they say otherwise. But it seems everybody in the movie and viewers are supposed to be just as fooled as they were since Greece. (laughs) (laughs) I what I love most about this is this is kind it's got like some elements of horror but also some elements of thriller and also some just pure camp that they know Mm. is just going to be silly and that's really what you get and can we talk about her shitty art or or i should say her stolen husband's shitty art her roommate's dad is like an art dealer and giving her a chance and she's manipulating him obviously to, to get ahead but i love he's evaluating her artwork and saying it's so wonderful and He goes, how do you get these wonderful ideas? Like this woman packed in a suitcase. (laughs) (laughs) And Tracy Gold's like, I don't know. I don't know where they come from. (laughs) Oddly enough. (laughs) So the New York Times review said, Face of Evil is one of those TV movies that is so conspicuous in its intent that it becomes something of an R-rated soap opera. It has no pretense other than to entertain, and that's okay. I, I both love the framing, and I also think it applies to the TV movie genre in general. And why I love that is because I think for all of all the movies we've talked about today, all they're about is entertaining, and that is okay. And they give each of their stars a runway to just take the material and just make it something memorable that you're going to watch. And you're going to be like, you might not think it's the best thing you've ever watched, but you are going to have a good freaking time. And I Mm -hmm. think that's exactly why I love this review of it. It's also why I love this movie. This trope of like the vengeful woman or the, the mad woman is essentially a big reason why Lifetime eventually created its own movie network. So it was like the success mm-hmm. of movies like this on the big three spawn cable companies or cable mm-hmm. channels like Lifetime. 
and Hallmark and others to like kind of get into this genre a little bit and and really blow it up. And I don't think anyone has done it any better than Lifetime. I mean, they have a whole entire streaming app now where for 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, you can watch scorned women going off all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Whether these movies hold up today or not, there's no denying that TV movies built around quote-unquote dangerous women are a huge part of TV history. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Pop Trash Podcast. If you're still listening, we sure would appreciate a like and a subscribe. And if you want more Pop Trash, head over to poptrashmuseum.com. Plenty of articles there. You can also dig up more pop culture nostalgia on that garbage heap we all call social media. We're on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode uncovering some lost TV movie gems. Until then, may all your women be scorned, your mothers know best, and your faces be evil. (laughs) 